thank you so Sorry. much for taking the time to talk to us at Out and About. Um, NFTs is what we're going to be talking about, and we hear it quite a lot. Thanks but for having me. Lots of people don't understand what it entails, and one of our jobs here is to make sure that we bring the facts um, and we provide our audience with real understanding of what is happening. So before we go into talking about NFTs, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself so that we understand who you are and what your expertise Certainly. are? Certainly. Absolutely. Uh, I call myself a technopreneur. I've uh, been in startups pretty much all my life. I do advisory for a lot of large companies and governments and so on and so forth as well, mainly in cybersecurity and artificial intelligence. Um, and I also uh, co-chaired, uh, well, I did the chair, actually. I was the global chair for the uh, ACM. Um, they, uh, there's uh, um, the, uh, a couple of years ago, it, it was mainly in the conference committee. I was uh, the global chair for, for the practitioner's board. ACM is the Association for Computing Machinery. It's like number one computer science. And uh, I did a, a great role there where I introduced the AI decentralized to the world. And there's a huge movement right now. I also, um, shortly after, uh, I joined the, the IEEE. Uh, and the IEEE, I'm uh, currently the global chair for international protocols for AI security. Uh, and IEEE, as you all know, is the Institute for Electrical and Electronic Engineers. Uh, for, for those that uh, don't know the uh, uh, IEEE, it's basically uh, considered the, the world's largest technical professional organization dedicated to advancing technology for the benefit of humanity. Okay. So not the benefit of a single country, the entire humanity. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm, uh, uh, when it comes to being a technopreneur, I've built 15 startups before I'm working on the current one. Uh, 11 of them failed, three of them succeeded. Fourth became an Intel company, still not yet an exit. Uh, being a veteran in the startup world, you kind of witness the majority of things fail, but you continue trying and the success is what really matters at the end of the day. So it's exciting uh, to be uh, this, uh, uh, this here and this time in the world where a lot of uh, significant change is happening. And we truly, truly hope that we can steer it towards the better of humanity as opposed to the detriment. Uh, we can be facing utopia uh, and we really need to go towards utopia as opposed to dystopia because uh, it's a very, very thin line that can actually push it this way or that way. Um, so, yeah, now you, uh, floor is yours. This is my intro to me. Thank you very much for that. You are definitely the expert to, to be talking to here. Um, and I'm sure we learn quite a lot from you. Um, so we'll start out very simple, like what is an NFT in simple layman terms so that we can, we can all understand. What is NFT? Well, as it stands, it's a non-fungible token. Uh, what are NFTs that existed before technology? As you all know, file deeds, certificate of ownership, and so on and so forth. All of those, they're considered NFTs. Why? Because if you own a house and you have that certificate of that house, it is non-fungible another certificate for another house. Those are two different things. They're not the exact same. Both of them, they represent a value that we agreed either as a humanity or society somewhere that that represents the value. Okay. So refer to that as NFT, non-fungible token. But what other forms of NFTs that you probably haven't heard a lot of people telling you about outside of this call is something that's a little bit shocking to many. This is an NFT. Many people say it's like, oh, well, money is an NFT. 
the dollar is the same dollar as another place. The truth is by construct, it is an NFT. It is not fungible. Okay. This here, the number here you see on the screen, this number here for this currency is unique. Each and every one of those has its own. By construct, it is not fungible. By law, it is fungible. If you were to go to the, you know, the um, Central Bank of Korea right here and it says, like, hey, this is the Bank of Korea, and you say that this is fungible, by law, they have to trade it with any one of those. If you give them 10, they will give you 10. But by construct, it is non fungible. Another thing that not a lot of people tell you about uh, Bitcoin by construct, the smallest unit in Bitcoin is called Satoshi. That every one Bitcoin is 100 million Satoshis. The Satoshi itself is non fungible. Okay? This is cool. Not a lot of people tell you that. Say Bitcoin is fungible. The transaction is fungible because you're sending millions of those Satoshis. One could have a little bit more value than another in the eye beholder or whatnot, but the tiny little Satoshi, it's an NFT. Okay? Now, this is cool. Now, why, why am I telling you this, Marshall? Because NFT must be globally unique. If it's not globally unique, um, the representation of it or whatever you want to call it, if it's a ledger-based blockchain coming and inserting a record in its ledger, it calls it an NFT. Technically speaking, how a ledger-based blockchain uh, tell the world that this is, um, you know, an NFT, it actually inserts a record in the ledger. The ledger is like an Excel spreadsheet, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. They insert a new record, new line, basic new row, and say this, it has a unique number and this is an nft that's what they how they do it that's wrong wrong at so many different levels this is cannot be unique globally this is unique in this ledger who says that this ledger is the world okay this ledger can be called ethereum can be called avalanche cardano whatever it is it's wrong it is not unique globally when if you have the the actual mona lisa um, in, in your basement, and then somebody says that, okay, now that you have the, the Mona Lisa, um, we're going to give you a representation of it, and it's going to be uh, unique globally. Um, they probably don't know that that's not true. It's just unique in that ledger. What does it mean? Like if somebody were to enter that Mona Lisa and some other ledger that competes with it, now what? You have two different representations, and they may not even know about each other. Another problem, an existing ledger that they claim that does not fork. Um, even if it doesn't fork, any technologies can clone it, which means that you can have Ethereum 1, and you can have Ethereum 2. You can spend some uh, money and, and make it happen. So, so is that the, uh, now you might feel it's like, whoa, he's criticizing in this NFT. This is what we've been hearing about. What's going on? Uh, I only criticize things that I love. I don't, I don't care. I'm not a hater. Okay. Um, many people, they criticize because they hate certain thing. Uh, I actually love it. And I, and I criticize it because I know, I know we can actually get it to be a lot better. In fact, 
I know of a certain methodology to have an earth-based NFT and so on and so forth, and it's coming. And I'm involved with many different projects that are actually making it reality where you can have a, a frictionless NFT. Currently, the NFT is not frictionless. It's got a lot of friction to exist, okay? Now, if it's uh, unique, can uh, globally, can it be exchanged? And then, of course, you want to make sure that the NFT, you can own it, you can preserve it. Nobody can take it away from you. The same way it's like if you own a house, it's your house, okay? But you want to be able to exchange it as well. What if you want to sell that house or whatnot? Same as the NFT, if you want to take that ownership, send it to someone else. Um, so what can you use NFT for? Um, and this is uh, what I've alluded to earlier, uh, cryptocurrency by uh, construct, if it's finite, is NFT by construct. Okay. And any cryptocurrency that is not finite, it's rubbish. You can throw it in the garbage. If it's infinite, we can print a limited amount that it's not worth anything. So which means any cryptocurrency, if it's finite, it can prove to you that it's finite, then I can prove to you that it's construct, it's NFT, okay? That's mm -hmm. a fact. I'm not really giving an opinion here. I'm giving you facts. What a DAO in the NFT world, the DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization this can introduce phenomenal opportunities to people. Every single business out there, for the first time, they can come and say, well, what can I use this decentralized autonomous organization? What is it? Well, first of all, it's a, it's a bunch of code that you write them. You familiar with the DAO, Marshall? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so if you write the code, and you put it in a decentralized autonomous organization, everyone in the world will be able to see that it's there if it is, let's say, it is ledger-based. If it's not ledger-based, it's extremely confidential. Only the people relevant to it, they'll be able to see it, which is phenomenal, which means that if you have a contract with somebody, we have certain process that is running, those that are involved, they're able to read the code or read an explanation of the code. What does the code could say, for example? Um, Marshall, let's say, works for uh, a company called Electronic Arts Sell Video Games. Uh, Marshall wants to enable kids around the world to pre-purchase those games ahead of time. And the pre-purchase, when you, they buy that game, for instead of spending $100, they spend $11 because they pre-purchase before the product is ready, whatnot is something that existed it's an issue for a long time so this is not security the whole thing in the crypto world you heard it's like people they go ICO or not it could be security could be not well, here we're talking about can this nft be used for product repurchase and the answer is yes because it is not fungible token that itself represents that specific pre-purchase for that specific product now that's beautiful from that perspective it enables a lot of companies to start selling their products ahead of time. If you were to do it on something like Ethereum, it's extremely costly. But like I said, I'm involved with like a lot of technological innovations, such as this one's called Earth, 30, Earth 64. I would be enabling folks to um, have an NFT that it's uh, almost frictionless. It's basically you can have your, if you're uh, at EA, you want to go back and report that you're able to sell millions of those. Uh, during the month of July without having to pay $20 million for Ethereum to 
grant that NFT. You're only able to say I'm able to sell millions uh, for almost no additional cost. Um, why would somebody want to put that software license in an NFT? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to put the, the game in an NFT? Um, well, it's liquid. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yes. If you, if you buy it and then tomorrow you want to sell it, what do you want to go back to EA and EA be like, oh, too much administrative work. Holy moly. Like who wants to deal with this? Like the purchase, repurchase, they want to return, they want to whatever. I mean, they're telling you that you could return it if you really want to whatnot, but it's much better if they say it's like, okay, you don't want any more. Your friend may want it and transfer it to your friend. You no longer own it. That's the beauty of NFT. You took it, transferred it. It's like a single owner in every block of time. What is the block of time which can lead me to ex- express it a little bit better? But before I express the block of time, we need to express the wealth extraction. People need to be very, very careful with anything that it relies on a third party. If it's, a, if it's necessary for your system to run to be that third party, um, if, uh, if it's a dependency layer, then chances are you're at risk. If it's P2P, you're not at risk. If you own something, it's, it, it belongs in your computer. You can save it. You can write it on a piece of paper. So now back to talk about like the actual block of time. Mm-hmm. You all heard of uh, the blockchain? Yeah. Right? Um, a lot of people, they talk about the blockchain as if it is the ledger. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. A blockchain could use a ledger. It doesn't have to. The way I say it, it's like it could use the ledger the same way my mom could use the car. It does not mean my mom is a car, okay? My mom could use a car. I mean, it's not nice to call my mom a car, you know? But the blockchain could use the ledger, and the ledger, they can make it, like, available to everyone or whatnot. That's fine. But if it uh, doesn't use the ledger, it's on a network. Um, I'm an author of a protocol called Todaip. It's like an internet protocol Mm -hmm. um, uh, that I know what I'm talking about when I say it can be on a network, okay? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be on a ledger. It's basically a single thing that can exist global, which is that global hash, but not the ledger that is global. So if you and I, we have a certain smart contract or DAO or whatnot, it's confidential between you and me. That's event A here on the screen, okay? Mm -hmm. If it's... Someone else is doing event B. There's something that you call temporal coupling, which is cryptographic hash of event A and cryptographic hash of event B. So we don't know what's event B, but we know what their cryptographic hash is. The cryptographic hash, for some people, if they're not technologists, be like, whoa, what are you talking about? Well, it's a methodology that any computer, if it uses the same function and using the same set of data, let's say a picture of me, you run it through that cryptographic hash function, it gives you the exact same 32 characters or or 64 characters. You take tiny little change of that set of data, the entire 32 characters change. Uh, Why is that so important? Because in 32 characters, it's basically, you can think that you can have two to the power 256 um, zeros and ones in it. But to us humans, 32 characters, so the machine is two to the power 256. Two to the power 160 is all the estimated atoms in the universe. Mm-hmm. 
Okay? So 2 to the power of 256, that's a trillion, 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 trillion universal representations. Okay? So, which means that if I were to take a picture and hash it and get that atom representation, and you were to take some other thing, what's the likelihood that it's going to be the same atom in this entire universe? So tiny. It is, theoretically, it's possible. Practically, it's not. Okay? Which means those 32 characters, they can become almost a unique representation, practically. And that's beautiful because then if somebody wants to say that this is the hash of what I have produced, as long as they have the data that produced it, they can keep the data confidential to themselves. The global hash is the thing that can become public and that does not mean the data is becoming public. Which means when we talk about transparency, is not necessarily that the record itself has to be transparent to everyone. The hash of it is sufficient. Beautiful, okay? This is great. So now we can have confidentiality by design. You can have everything sitting on a network and have this the, the, much better than having things on the ledger that everybody gets to see it. That's great. But a little bit more about cryptography. What can you do when it comes to, uh, for example, NFT? The NFT, if it's Earth-based NFT, again, I'm certainly not promoting any project that I'm involved in. I'm promoting the technology that they bring into the world and uh, bring it to everybody that can, can use. And this is beautiful because what these guys do, and it's basically, instead of thinking of a ledger-based NFT that I alluded to the problems earlier, you can have many different ledgers. You can clone it now. Do we have something on this planet that we all human agree to? Frankly, not a lot of things. <laughs> there are 8 billion of us, but we don't have a lot of things that we all agree to. Okay? So one of the things that it happens that we all agree to is the geocoordinates. About 480 years even before it Electricity, there's a global consensus on them. So what these guys are doing, they take a square centimeter of a geocoordinate and say, it's like, this is Earth-based NFT. You're not going to make another copy of planet Earth. This is already exists that we have a global consensus on its uniqueness and it's on finite. The other thing that uh, they, they do is, is another numbering system. If I were to ask you, Marsha, can you think of another numbering system like this on this planet that you also have a global consensus on? What comes to mind? Say that again. If, uh, if I were to ask you another numbering system that we have a global consensus on, on this planet, what could come to mind? There are not many that we have a global cons consistency on. Because we could talk right. about Arabic numbers, which are the ones that we use, but people don't really even know that they're Arabic numbers. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I told you about one, which covers that space. There's another one. Yeah, time. Time. Yeah. So if I were to say, t tell folks May 28, 2018, could anyone on this planet and say, like, I can say that May 28, 2018, that already happened. Okay. If mm -hmm. I say that, and it's been time stamped, which means the cryptographic improvements already happened in the past, could anyone in the world say, oh, I disagree with your opinion? I mean, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. It already happened. Everybody knows. 
Yeah. So that's the beauty about what I'm talking about here. It's like the combination of space and time is what these guys have done to have that unique thing that it's not possible to have two of the same uniqueness that we, humanity, all agreed on. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Okay? So the reason why I'm saying this is because uh, to the benefit of any listener that are looking into the NFT, the NFT is a future revolutionary thing. It is phenomenal what's coming with this NFT thing. One of the pillars that I feel that the NFT uh, that I alluded to right now, I talked about the data structure. That's what I've been talking about. The data structure in computer science, we call it. You have that ability to prove to anybody this is unique globally. Cannot have two different unique numbers by combining space and time. Beautiful when I say that, huh? Space and time, it's kind of like, you know, we're talking physics now. And it's, it's true. This is what we come, comes down to is physics. Um, other pillars that are necessary to have the ultimate NFT management system, um, the protocol, what kind of implementation, and like a network protocol here we're talking about, and not necessarily the protocol from the perspective of what certain society might do, you call the protocol, you open the door first or she opens the door first, whatnot. That's not talking about actual network communication protocol, which by definition, what that means, it's instructions to computer machines to be able to talk value to each other. Right now, as we, you and I were talking, we're in different continents yeah. because we're able to talk to each other because our machines they understand certain protocols able to communicate information, not value. The future is bringing this value without having dependency, peer-to-peer, beautiful. So um, data structure, protocol, and then a third thing is that what's the incentive mechanism, what's the versus efficiency for folks uh, to provide certain service as opposed to provide a dependency? Because again, we said peer-to-peer, so we don't want uh, dependency. Um, now I can get a little bit deeper into the NFT, shall we? Yes, please. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right. So now let's suppose there's an NFT management system that has quadrillions of NFTs. Some people, they say quadrillions, that's a lot. What are you going to do with quadrillions? That's too such a big number. Um, in technology, we've never really seen a number that is big. We've always reached it. People say, it's like, oh my God, you've got this much storage on your computer. You bought this brand new computer. But in, two years later, you're like, I filled it up. I need more. Um, the, the, the reason why I say this is because uh, when we say two quadrillion, uh, if you were to be talking to some chief product officer of certain companies, they can think how they can fill this up over the next months. You know, there's so many different ways of how you can have a certain representation of a thing of value. Um, if you're building currency, and like I said, the core construct of currency can be NFT, you can use it for that as well. Um, in fact, this number that you see to coordinate, this is uh, almost the amount of Satoshis that exist in Bitcoin. So if you want to have uh, uh, similar, you want to build a, the new Bitcoin or whatnot, that's how many you can have. So now why did I choose this number? Why to put it in? Because here, when you, what you see on the screen, let's say this is NFT here, um, has, is on top 51 times, 
if you were to look at it, can I split it? And the answer is yes, you can. Like there are a lot of like ledger-based blockchain can provide you with a split. Um, if you split it the first time, the one becomes two, split another time, two becomes four, right? Mm -hmm. And then split four, eight, split 16, split one more time, 32. Mm -hmm. uh, human, the way we think about exponential things, uh, our brain doesn't necessarily do the proper computation. People, most people would think that if you can split it five times, you should be able to split it 50 times, right? Because it's like five multiplied by 10 and 50, not, not a big deal. Um, but the truth is uh, your brain cannot do it. Your computer cannot do it. If you split it 51 times, you get to this number that I talked about, two quadrillion, okay? Your computer right now, um, it's, uh, it cannot do it. It's too big, too big of a number. If it's going to have a file for each and every one of those, it doesn't matter how big your computer is, I can assure you it cannot do it. Some people might uh, argue that their computer is so big it can do it. Yeah, but, you know, let's talk about most computers people have. This is the most computer people have. I cannot do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is any ledger-based blockchain can do it? The answer is no. Not a single one. doesn't matter what they tell you. No. A single ledger-based blockchain cannot do it, period. There is no computer can handle it. They can do it via certain new structure, whatnot, but in the current state that they have, they cannot do it. So volume alone cannot be done. If the volume can be done, okay, if the volume can be done, the cost to actually do it on Ethereum is about $500 to split it just five times. Just five. Now, if you were to split it 51 times, the two quadrillion will end up uh, costing you about 500 times all the money in the world. All the money that's including every this single piece of land, bank, everything, okay? If somebody says that they're 500 times more efficient than Ethereum, it was going to cost them all the money in the world. So that's not good enough either. So point that I'm trying to make is that there's a lot of innovations that many people out there in the technology space, they're only looking at the ledgers, kind of like you look at the boat that you're going to fly boat ain't flying anytime soon there are airplanes for that mm -hmm. and those airplanes they're being built and they're coming and there's a lot of phenomenal things that can enable that so if you refer to nfc as a non-fungible container that has many nfts okay. uh, a file of nft can look like this that file sure you can have it on your computer mm -hmm. imagine you own this file marsha and this file says to you by owning this file, you have all the cryptographic proofs to create 51. That's beautiful. If you want to create any one of those to quadrillion, your device is capable of creating that in a fraction of a second. But you don't have to have them all. You can create them. So if you own this, you're able to create any one of those when you need it. It creates it and it's deterministic and it has geospatial coordinates over planet Earth. And it's giving you timestamp that happened in 2018. Nobody can copy you. It happened before everybody. Wow. Beautiful, huh? If you want to go and create them, you can partner with some big computer company. Say that we have 100 computers. We can go and like mine them for you because your project back at EA might require that those files are available for kids everywhere to find them immediately. Great. You can partner with that big company because now you have $20 million expecting in July. How much would the company cost you that they're going to run, let's say, 10 servers?
developers to provide that, it's not gonna cost you $20 million, barely, you know, $20,000. So it's very cost effective, $20,000 and you can have like billions and trillions of those. So, uh, so, so that's, uh, that's why I'm extremely bullish on uh, crypto and what's yet to come to the world. I truly believe that the NFT is that uh, it's is bridging the gap between the existing world and the crypto world and making people understand that uh, the, the true benefit of the technology can add value to a lot of people back to where we started here. An NFT existed, it's, a, it's in your pocket legally says that it is fungible. Uh, the technology today can have a lot of uh, friction uh, using it, but uh, as we move uh, every month, we're evolving tremendously to get to the point um, where this can be available to any company anywhere to say, I want to have my own NFT management system, and that NFT management system can manage let's say a billion records or trillion records as much as you want and you kind of get your data structure, get all of these things and they would be earth-based. Nobody can fork them. Unique for the rest of life on earth, even if whatever happens, they will continue to be unique because they are earth-based. The well, only thing just... that can eliminate them is the entire earth can eliminate it. But if the earth is eliminated, you have a bigger problem to worry about. <laughs> yeah. What if you Sorry, just wanted ahead. to get your NFT created, though? So there is something that you want to get created. Right. If you want to create a new NFT. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, the, the NFT that you want to create using uh, technology, for example, today, there's a lot, a lot of ledger-based blockchain that they can enable you to create this uh, NFT that we talked about right here that can give you the ability to split or whatnot. It's effectively, um, it's, uh, there's some companies even provide you with code that is already written to write those NFTs. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's gonna cost some money to, buy, to, to mint that NFT initially to create it. Uh, like I said, in Ethereum, it could be $20 for each and every record to be created because it's replicated with 800,000 uh, but uh, with this, like I've alluded to earlier, again, uh, full disclosure, I'm not here to advertise at all, but I'm involved heavily with this project called Earth64, where it's providing that data structure that somebody can create those NFTs. So if you have, let's say, 10 million artists and you want to enable each and every artist to have 1,000 paintings without having to spend $20 per painting, there's a certain things that, uh, that, that, that is coming in, the, in this technology to enable them, to enable you to give it to them so they can do it almost for free. But yet they have this phenomenal cryptography that is, that is ensuring that that's the only ownership representation ever exists on this planet. It cannot be forked. It cannot cost. There's no third party and so on and so forth. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. It, it does. Uh, and you've answered most of my questions. Like all my questions I had written down, you, you covered them during that presentation, yep. which is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, glad I'm I did looking, that. I literally have a list of 11 questions and you've answered them. The only thing I wanted to know, so um, for us just looking into the NFT world and um, not thinking too much about the technology behind it, I think most mm -hmm. people just want to know that, okay, there is something new I can invest in. Is it something that you think 
just a layman that doesn't understand as much about it? Is it something that they should be looking to invest in? Uh, well, I, uh, I, ref I, I, I always refrain from giving any invest investment advice, uh, not necessarily because of like uh, laws. I try to raise above like laws or whatnot, because I feel like um, uh, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily qualified to be a type of investor or not. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that uh, um, myself, when I uh, get involved into uh, projects, I, I make sure that uh, there's certain value that is being added to people at the end of the day. And, um, and I'm extremely bullish on uh, the NFT of what's yet uh, to come from that perspective. I feel there's tremendous amount of opportunities when there's like new value being created. And then you combine it with some other things and there's something that gets uh, creates called the synergistic emergence. Mm -hmm. And the synergistic emergence, the easiest way to describe it, it's like if there's one plus one, if the total is equal to two, that's not synergistic emergence. Synergistic emergence, when you put them together, you get, let's say, 11. The delta is measured as synergistic emergence. You know, like that, uh, that's, a, that's a huge number between two and 11, that's nine. And when that is being created, there's a lot of value being added to a lot of people. Where does the value come from? Availability. It's kind of summarizing this here is the availability, um, efficiency. Why is efficient? Because it has security by design, by construct, um, and uh, in, in, you know immutability, irrefutability. All of those things they give it uh, certain characteristics that now you can have uh, portability. You know, if you if you own a certain thing, then you can move it from here to the next person without having to get on a phone call company and get all of that friction. You can literally click on a button and be like, okay, I'm buying this uh, NFT for $10,000 or I want to sell it for, for $9,000 for, for $50,000 or I want to wait until it's... People, they can do those kind of things uh, instantaneously like the uh, way that most people right now, they buy uh, NFTs, they go to... Uh, there's a lot of listing websites uh, for, for... forgot the names now, but it's like... Uh, there's one, OpenSea, for example, they list like a lot of NFTs. Some of them, they're utility NFTs, which is what I'm talking about. Some of them, they're art NFTs. Um, but like I said, the current NFT structure, it is ledger-based. Inevitably, it would be uh, not a ledger, but it's like if somebody buys this NFT, they usually download like this uh, browser extension, like this one here, if you see my screen, it's like yeah. MetaMask, mm -hmm. you see? And that MetaMask, they download and you go to this other one and people they can uh, immediately sync their crypto wallet into this NFT. Um, and sometimes people, they feel like, you know what? I like what these guys are doing. I just want to invest in them. They end up reaching out to them and do like, uh, if it's a US-based company, you do like a private placement, mm -hmm. the, like as angel investors, whatnot. Um, I caution angel investors <clears throat> that they haven't done it before to ask previous angel investors, they've done it for quite some time. Nine out of 10 of businesses, they fail in startups, okay? The one out of 10 is the one that you'd want it to get you like 100x because if, you know, you put in, let's say, a million, 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 10 million, one of the million becomes 100, all the other nine gets to nothing. It's, it's very common in the actual startup world because there's a lot of people, they're doing a lot of innovations. Um, some people, they have a lot of... Uh, conscious in their mind they feel like i want to invest in things that add value to people not just making me lots of money which is great and i feel like that movement 
has been uh, becoming much more prevalent than other than than other time in the past, uh, and I'm extremely optimistic to see that. It's actually that's why I'm optimistic about the future of this world. I feel like a lot of people they they want to invest in those projects they're adding value to, to, to net net value to humanity so the uh, um, so, so we don't end up with like a zero-sum game it's a positive-sum game all the time yeah and it's great to add that synergistic emergence so uh, so they feel like if they've invested in 20 projects and 18 of them they're gonna go car they're gonna fail and two of them they're gonna hit 100x or whatnot at least the 18 invested they've added some value to humanity see so they feel like it's it's good from that perspective um, yeah, so I feel like if it's a, if a, if they do private placements, usually like five six years. If they do something in between, uh, they're sometimes liquid a little bit sooner, but may not necessarily get the the hundred x or whatnot. I'm I'm much more a big believer in value creation and and the uh, and, and growth that is steady as opposed to like those up, big ups and downs. The growth that is steady, you show like every day there's like a little bit of more increase, um, and people that admit to their failures too. It's extremely important. Like I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Sometimes some of them they don't, they only talk about their successes. They don't really talk about like any of their failures. It's okay yeah. in the very first minute, but when you dig down and start like partnering with them, it's good to know that people they admit to like a lot of the failures because the majority of these things they fail. And if people they really keep going towards uh, success they want to keep uh, moving forward you know so it's uh, it's exciting time to be in and i feel like there's tremendous amount of value to being created there's a huge shift that's happening in the world and i've said it maybe six years ago i used to speak about 80 events per per year and i said it uh, five years ago four years ago and i say it again by 2030 everything in the world is going to be cryptified and i stand behind it by 2023 we're going to start seeing this. A lot of people are going to start seeing it. 2025, everybody's going to know what I already know about 2030. Everything's going to be cryptified. So you, you'll, you'll see it. You'll see it coming. Uh, and uh, if, if my prediction is wrong, it'll be sooner, not later. Okay. There's All no right, way it's well, going to be later. Yeah. That's, right. that's a big right. statement. Um, just a last question. Now, with, with NFTs, are you finding that it's more artists and art lovers who are investing in that space? Or, you know, what kind of people are investing there? Um, it's, uh, I mean, uh, artists happen to be in a time during uh, this whole coronavirus that they um, don't necessarily have a lot of other opportunities. So they focus on anything that can come in online. It just happen. But that, that doesn't mean it couldn't have happened without that. Uh, but uh, NFT, like I alluded to earlier, it's a lot, lot more than just art. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, Marsha, you can use it to sell software. But you can use it to sell video games. You can use it to pre-purchase phones. Samsung's going to want to start selling NFTs soon before it, they come out. Before the phone come out, your telco is going to come and say, it's like, you, you want to get in front of the line? You can get that NFT. Why? why you would want to buy the NFT versus them selling you a coupon. Because the coupon is only valid in their store. In NFT, you can resell to someone else if you don't want it tomorrow, you change your mind. You don't have to talk to them anymore. It's beautiful from that perspective. It's going to revolutionize everything. It's just, it's unstoppable. We're talking about technology, it's unstoppable. Once you actually put those representations, it's 
going in that direction is going to motivate Samsung to build more phones. I'm, I'm saying hypothetically, Samsung, usually big companies, they, they're later, later in the game to get in. But, but almost every single innovator is going to be like, whoa, I want to start providing this kind of uh, uh, NFT to my, my users. I have maybe 10 billion uh, potential products for the next 10 years. How can I do that? And when people, they find that it's an extremely efficient way to do it, unstoppable, global, and, you know, um, um, and it's, uh, it's one, one other thing that I want to say that, uh, that, that is extremely important, interoperable. Current ledger-based blockchains, they don't offer interoperability without having to depend on third layer. But eventually, the actual the whole network-based or proper data structure can give you the interoperability. And what do we mean by that? If you own something on your device and it's over there, it's inside your device and you want to transfer it to someone else, if there's a dependency on a single ledger-based blockchain that kind of like the intranet in the old days, this is not the internet. Because remember, they have to be on that same exact same ledger. But what's, what's the beautiful and it's coming when it's actually network-based, the same way uh, you and I can talk on the, this internet. If you were to be on an intranet, you wouldn't be able to talk. Intranet versus internet. Those are two different things, right? Yeah. So, so what's, what's coming is interoperability by design. So meaning that if somebody buys this NFT, put it on their device, anyone with any device anywhere in the world, they're able to receive it from them without having to depend on third party. Without a single owner in every block of time. It's beautiful. So that's, that's why I'm extremely, extremely excited about this. And uh, I really feel that um, the entire world is, is, is converging. It's kind of like uh, uh, artists are coming to a lot of technologists working together. There, there will be a lot of other industries, uh, but we, we love to see artists that are coming. And uh, I just wouldn't want um, artists to be fooled by a lot of existing ledger-based blockchains to say that this is unique like the Mona Lisa. Um, perhaps the people that they're saying that to the artists, they're not necessarily maliciously lying. They just think it is true. They think this guy that you're talking to right now, it's his opinion versus other science opinion. I'm not talking about opinion. I'm talking about facts. This is a fact. A ledger-based blockchain can be cloned. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. if it, uh, it, that's if it cannot be forked, you know. Uh, and it is unique just in that uh, ledger. But that does, again, I'm not criticizing people for hating it because for loving it, because that can evolve into something that it's really Earth-based uh, NFTs. And uh, yeah, and I'm extremely bullish and excited to see this uh, coming and adding value to every artist and everyone else, not just artists. They're, artists, they care so much about their users, so much about their followers, and it's going to add value to them too. You know, you don't see any, uh, f uh, any you know, singer or whatnot who'd be like, Oh, I hate my followers. That's not, they care so much that this can add value to everyone when it's frictionless, you know. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. And, and thank you for just laying that out for us so that we can understand a lot better. I think I'm definitely leaving my, understanding way more than I understood when we came in. And I'm looking forward to my, that 2030. My pleasure. My pleasure. Me too. I'm, I'm looking forward to see this bar raised for everyone on the planet to yeah. reduce that friction by reducing friction, like any movement in this universe, we all can move faster. That's, yeah. that's universal rule. Yeah. And thank you for having me. Yeah.